I am honoured to be creating on the ancestral lands of the Darug people. I acknowledge Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the lands you and I are on today. I pay respect to the Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome back to Yarning with Danny. You're here with your host Danny and Mahela. I'd like you to uh, meet Mahela. She's a wonderful human who I met through yoga teacher training. So we've done that training together. We're on the other side now, but I think Mahela has uh, an important story that I'd like you to hear. And I'd like to hand it over to Mahela to let us know who she is, what she does and what led her here. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, please tell us who you are. Like, who are you in the world at the moment? Uh, and what does your world look like? Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you for, uh, for this opportunity. I think talking about uh, burnout and anxiety and all the difficulties that we go through life and our journey, I think it's, uh, it's an important story to tell. And it's becoming a lot more accessible now and a lot mm. more okay for people to share stories like this. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have to share stories. Yeah. That's why we do this podcast. <laughs> I think sharing stories is exactly what we need to be doing because it literally takes the weight out of our own experience because we recognize that other people are experiencing the same thing, right? Absolutely. And I think that us being able to share stories on this podcast to anybody who's willing to listen no, means that the people that are listening are hearing it for a purpose and your story will help allow other people to heal from their situations and their stories because ultimately we're all in this together yeah. and it is a community of people and we're all here to figure it out <laughs> and the only way to do that is to say hey this is what I'm experiencing what about you and how's that going for you so tell us like what is it that you actually do in your day-to-day life like what, is your, what does your life look like what do you do for work where do you live and how is it sort of swelling for you right now? Look, it's a really good swirl for me right now. I'm, uh, I'm in a good place and my life looks very different to what it looked like a year ago, to what it looked like five years ago, to what it looked like 10 years ago. Yeah. And it is through those important lessons that I did and through those conversations and experiences and valuable lessons that I got to be and know who I am in this very moment so yeah. don't take anything for granted yeah any experience that you have you will get something out of it and ex- some experiences are harder than the others and they will break your heart and they will destroy your soul but my god you come out of it just with little embers of gold light and you feel yeah. like so much so much better for it yeah <laughs> so i know that you're currently uh working as yeah. essentially um in a part-time position yeah. now tell me what led you like how, what is it about your life that part-time work works better for you tell me about the indicators that led you to decide because <laughs> i mean you know i am self-employed most know me that that that's what i do i'm, I'm mm. self-employed i choose all the things that I want to do. Yeah. Uh, I know that working for employees is super hard at times, depending on your personality, depending on your circumstances. But I know personally for me, it's really hard for me to work for other people because I have my own way of doing things and it doesn't align with the nine to five look. It does not align to yeah. Monday to Friday. Um, and I have children and all those other factors that obviously impact the way I work. But 
on your end of the stick, essentially you work part time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you've expressed to me before that that's because it works for you. And I know that we've just come out of lockdown. So tell me how and why you ended up with a part time position because, I mean, you'll hear about it in a sec, guys, but Mahela comes from a, a much um, more corporate level than she's currently sitting at. And I just want us, I just want people to understand how you got to this. Like what, what is it that happened that made you choose that part-time work and working locally was more achievable for you? It's, um, it's, it's been, it's been a journey. I know the word journey has been a little bit used and abused, but it's well, been, it is. <laughs> it is. it's been, um, it's been quite a roller coaster, and, mm. um, there were quite, a few pivotal moments that mm. made me think and reassess and realign where things, the things that are important to me and mm. why those things are important. And to be honest, it was some of the things were kind of forced. And yeah. looking back in retrospect, because you know, everyone's a genius in hindsight, obviously, <laughs> um, there were blessings in disguise. There mm. were such blessings in disguise. I come from a more, more or less, you would say, a traditional corporate background. I, um, you know, I, I, I went to university and I went straight into the corporate world and um, the traditional nine to five. And I've, I've worked there for the better past of 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and by, j- just before I go into it, I just want to say like a big caveat is that those experiences that I've had and what led me and what experienced the burnout and the anxiety and um, what led me to this very moment, those experiences um, served me very well. They were not yes. bad experiences and they were not experiences that I wouldn't want to have if I had the opportunity to relive them again. Yes. Because it is because of those experiences, that burnout, that hard work, that dedication that I put in, that I'm able to uh, to flourish and enjoy the moments that I have now, yeah. and um, so I've worked in um, in a very corporate role, very competitive, very uh, um, stringent, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just a sort of like the natural trajectory for most people after they finish university. Yeah, um, I worked in um, in the IT world, um, and I developed. Uh, I worked a lot with with corporates and. Anyway, not to go into details, but it was very rigid, um, yeah. and I kept doing that for uh, for many years, for ten to twelve years, and sort of like fast forward to about 20, 2012, 2012 sorry, mm. um, That's sort of when everything uh, really shifted for me. Yeah. I finally landed the job that. I've always wanted, right? Mm. So um, I've worked my way up the corporate ladder, and yeah, I was I was already quite successful, and I was financially stable, and I was mm. like, oh, this is it! Like I've I've reached the pinnacle, um, and then I was offered this incredible opportunity that I thought I always wanted. It was mm. for for a company that I've always wanted to work, and they headhunted me, and they were like, oh, we really want you to work here, and I was like, yes, like ah this is it like i've reached mecca this is it like oh, yeah. this is enlightenment right yeah yeah <laughs> and corporate uh, enlightenment corporate enlightenment <laughs> and um it was very lucrative it was like ah oh, travel opportunities it was just like ah oh, just like bang 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 and um 
you know what? <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> right. You know what? It um it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't. I was it was everything that I didn't want. It's everything you thought you wanted <laughs> that wasn't it. And I hear that, I understand that because that also happened to me and, and actually now that I think about it, it kind of was around about that time frame for me too. Um, yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying because there is a period in your world, I think all of us, we all do it and we have this idea of what we want and what it looks like and I guess essentially what society tells us that looks yeah. like too. Um, there's obviously a lot of factors, but when you actually... Uh, dependent on your scenario but when you get there you recognize that it's not what you thought it looked like and yeah i can i can hear and understand that you're saying that you got there and it was like wait a minute <laughs> it was it yeah. was like oh my god like i reached this like pinnacle and it was um it was in, it was incredible and don't get me like don't misunderstand the opportunity was extremely lucrative it was yeah. in, incredible um, but also by that time, um, and we'll probably go into this a little bit deeper, but um, also by that time, the burnout sort of started reeling, sort of reeling its head a little, a little bit by this time. And yeah. I was a little bit um, complacent in noticing it because I have landed this amazing opportunity and, yeah. um, I, that I've worked for um, for so many years. And um, the opportunity was the best and worst the best and worst that i that i've experienced right um and that didn't last very long that didn't last very long because right. i how long were you there how long did you get to the, i guess the pinnacle that role that position how long were you there not long maybe six to eight months max. wow so you you'd worked your ass off to get to this place <laughs> and then you didn't stay long enough to no essentially get all the benefits and well the benefits as in you know the benefits they tell the you that there are yeah, in the contract I, the um, money <laughs> look i did like they, they paid me they paid me very well um and i did get to travel and i did get to experience um some of the you know the good things that, yes. that it had to offer but i i think i was also towards the end of my burnout and anxiety and I was it was really really pushing its way yeah. into my life and really starting to to manifest in different ways yes and because I was so caught up in this this is what I have to do this is what it looks like this is what I have to experience I pushed those sentiments and those red flags I just pushed yeah. them on the, side. the signs the, yeah the signs yeah. I just pushed them aside because I was like no that's what I want to that's what I want to go and yeah <laughs> I was determined enough. I was like, I'm going to push through and do it. And I did it. But yeah. it was, it was, um, it was the best and the hardest thing. One of the hardest things that I had to experience. It was really around that time that, uh, it was somewhat forced on me to, um, mm. to leave, to leave the industry. Um, and I was ready. And um, when um, you say forced, was it forced? What, what defining factor was the forcefulness coming from? Like, where was this coming from? So it was, it was external as well. It was the company as well. So the me and the company that I worked for, we didn't see eye to eye. Right. Right. So that was, that was an indicator that things are probably not, mm -hmm. not gonna, um, 
it's just not it was just wasn't the right fit yes and um i was saying one thing and they were saying in the other things and without going into details because that this is not what this is about um i've made a decision that i was like i'm gonna leave yeah i'm gonna leave so i was obviously you had this um recognition that the relationship in itself wasn't aligned the, yes. the values yeah. whatever it was that didn't fit you know and i know that some things don't fit sometimes you don't mesh well with the boss for whatever reason um and from that's from a, i guess your environmental standpoint mm. what about self where at what point did you notice the changes in within yourself that you were like hey i think there's not something's not right and obviously adding in the fact that the role in itself wasn't what you anticipated for it to feel like and then obviously everything else because you've got all these defining factors you've got this income to pay for this house to yeah. pay for the life that you've created and designed and then what happens when you get there and it doesn't work what what was it besides the fact that you were in a place where you could tell there were some red flags in that environment what about your body's environment like what was happening within you that you could tell was changing it was a volcano inside. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it was a volcano inside. It was, um, it was, it was red flags. It was, if I could like paint an imagery, it was really like a volcano when it's just about to erupt. It was yeah. those, those little embers, those little flares just coming out. And yeah. they were manifesting in a way like really, really bad anxiety and yeah. extreme burnout. And Were you sleeping? And were monotony just into yeah. the routine, just the complete monotonous of it. And um, I, was, I was traveling a lot. Um, I was traveling a lot interstate. I was traveling internationally. I was traveling from my home to the city. It was, mm. So there was a lot, there was a lot of disconnect there as well. Yeah. Um, the, the burnout and the anxiety were, were always there and yeah. they have compounded over the 12 years that I just ignored yes. it and pushed it aside. Yeah. And looking back, that defining moment like really let that volcano explode and yeah i just completely for the lack of a better word um had a bit of a mini breakdown because yeah. my world has been was a little bit shattered i was feeling all these um internal internal signals of mm. um, i wasn't sleeping i wasn't eating i wasn't um i was constantly in a state of panic my, yes. my hands and my you know they were always clammy and I was always in tension and um and what about your like and how did this impact parts of your life so obviously your work in general is going to be impacted based on these things because obviously that's the one thing that's very clear to you that's not working so that's going to take an impact if you've cho chosen not to go back to that job or whatever the defining mm -hmm. factor was what about things like your relationships? Because obviously we all have friends and family and all those things. Was it being impacted? But then there are all of these other factors in your life that are being impacted that don't necessarily have your uh, your your eye on because you're not really paying attention to those things. They're just they're just in the way almost, and they're copying it. Like, and that's why I I want to know how you went with relationships because I know that personally for me, like my relationships around me were literally crumbling because. Yeah. I wasn't taking care of myself and my what I was doing wasn't good for me and I wasn't caring for my needs and all the other things and I wasn't even communicating my needs for that matter uh, and because of that like I was just finding all of these disruptions in relationships and I was like can you all just like chill out I don't have time for this you know because you know I was so focused on this one area yeah. when in reality there was all these other areas that I 
that were being impacted that I just wasn't noticing. So tell me, like, what other parts of your life did you notice it, or did you not notice it at all? You know what? I'm going to say that there was, I was such a, I was living in such a silo that yeah. I didn't notice mm. everything else crumbling around me. Yeah. It was just me and myself and what's going, what was going on internally. And I yeah. was literally living in a silo. Yeah. I was literally living. And for me, this was my world view. Like I'd had no capacity to see or to even entertain or to even hold space for an idea that something could be different. I think when you're there, mm. it you're right, it's like tunnel vision, you don't see nothing else. Um, and like I said, for me, I was like, why are you guys, like, just please, everybody, just mm. like, I don't, don't even have capacity. And yeah. um, like, I obviously have two children. So as much as I, you know, am, I'm, I, I want to be a great mother, there are times where I've ignored my own needs which means I ignore others needs and I love them so much so it's really hard to from it was really hard for me to reconcile that you know that I was basically just dragging my kids around yeah. to all of these work sites and things that I was doing based on necessity to get the work done um, and look they're incredibly resilient kids yeah. so I'm super grateful and you're right everything has a purpose it, it absolutely was happening for a purpose and mm. They are also very resilient because of it. But also, in hindsight, if I had a choice, I would have gone back and said, no, we won't do that. I'm not going to drag you around. I'm going to make you come to all these yeah. things that I do. I'm not going to enmesh your world with my work world because as much as that's nice, if it's balanced, it wasn't balanced. Uh, and so, yeah, my relationships were impacted yeah. on that. Both family, friends, all of those. It work, network, everything. It literally everything and you're right it was an internal issue it was an internal battle but i only seen it one one way i only had a, one specific vision and i didn't know that that could be changed oh, oh my god <laughs> i can completely empathize with that because yeah. it's it is like that you are conditioned that this is how it should be and mm. um, by no means is it like right or wrong it's just it's just the way it's it's just how it was brought up it's just the way mm -hmm. how it was taught it's just it was brought down from our parents and our parents parents and yeah it is the environment and the reality in which we live like exactly and you know what like if we're gonna like really take it down to the nitty-gritty like everyone needs money like everyone needs everybody needs to make money so you know like yes literally money makes the world go around and mm -hmm. to be naive and to say oh you know i'm not doing it for money well that's just in my perspective, I think that's a well, it's not true. Na it's naive to yeah. think like that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't change. Yeah. Anything. Yes. The burnout that I went through, the 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 monotony, the um, the, the the heartbreak, the the crying. Oh my God, so much crying. Yeah. <laughs> actually, now that you bring that up, actually, before we go any further, I want to talk about that. Mm. I want to talk about how you identified that you were even burnt out because it's easy to talk about burnout, mm. but in a constant state of panic yes in a constant state of i'm just about to i feel like i'm hanging off a cliff just holding on to a thread yes that is the feeling that you become accustomed to yes. you becoming you uh you live in a state of panic you worry about oh you know that project that i worked on um the presentation that i just did are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna think good of me? Are they gonna yeah. think well of me? Um, you so questioning yourself, questioning yourself, questioning your your ability, questioning, yes. 
am I even like am I good enough of course you're good enough but this is just this is just yeah. how, how the mind which to me works. I feel like indicates that really your body your mind were in in disalignment that's Absolutely. right and so your mind and your body were like actually no this is whatever's happening doesn't feel correct so then you end up winding yourself in a position where you're like okay so it's me it's more of a a magnifying glass on yourself mm-hmm. rather than being like hey actually can I take a look at these other sources and these other things that are happening this environment that I'm living and you, instead you internalize it it becomes I'm not doing my job well yeah. maybe this is not correct maybe I didn't apply enough time for mm-hmm. this and you know xyz insert whatever it is for you that makes you question yourself mm-hmm. and I think that's the world we live in right we live in a world where instead of looking at our environment we're constantly looking at ourselves and we turn the mirror on ourselves which is an incredible tool to do 100% but when it is not used correctly it just essentially puts you in a place that uh, is not aligned and you actually it's your body and your mind trying to figure out why this isn't working and you just come up with all of these stories as to why so rather than thinking actually you know what I'm working too many hours um, I'm, I'm expected to do many, too many things after work hours or I'm traveling a lot or XYZ it ends up just being an internal issue absolutely. and it's absolutely not it is to a degree there's parts of you that have ignored it and I think it's um, important to note that in order before you even get to the stage of burnout there's absolutely signs before and when you get to that stage where luckily for you you might have somebody pointed out to you a doctor or whatever works I know for me personally I was like literally um, fatigue I was so tired and exhausted from constantly fighting this fight within me that I had to go to a doctor and essentially the doctor didn't say it was burnout necessarily but it was there and then that I was like, right, so something's not correct. And I know, I don't know about you, but for me, the signs for burnout were things like the panic attacks, things like not sleeping. I remember there were days I would just cry all day and I just couldn't figure out what was wrong. It made no sense. I was like, well, my work is fine. There's income coming in. We have plenty of work. We're projected for work for well into the next two years. Yeah. This is happening. My children seem fine. Everything seems fine. My house is fine. We can afford our bills. That's great, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I couldn't stop crying. And I remember it was just it was the I would work X amount of days, and the day the first day that I would have off for that week, every single time I would fall apart, or I was very sick. I'd find myself with a constant like cold or flu or unease in my body. I kept putting it down to like being in the sun or doing this or doing that, and my body's just taking a bit of a toll. When yeah, okay, of course those impactors, but really the whole thing was I, the only reason I was even there is because I was completely dismissing all the needs my body was telling me it needed. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, the, I think for me anyway, the something that happens a lot with burnout is in the the real signs. I think that start is not just depletion and all that. It's like things like crying for no reason, and finding yourself being like, "Why am I doing this?" Because then you're like questioning yourself. So therefore, you're actually dismissing that it's even necessary for you to cry because you've got apparently nothing to cry about, and then that compounds that it. You compounds know, it, yes. yeah, <laughs> makes it worse. Makes you feel worse and it's the irritability of irritability that was a big one yes i was constantly irritated it's the constant irritability it's the constant like oh on edge the guy the barista got my coffee wrong like how could he you know like it's that it's those micro things that are really insignificant like who cares like it feels insignificant like all those little things feel insignificant then and there in the moment but they're the things that manifest the macro right so all the micro decisions and all the micro moments 
are literally creating your macro moments and macro future because you're sitting here in irritability, irritated, angry, whatever, just frustrated in general, constantly on the run, too busy to make any time for anyone or yourself. And then essentially that's only going to make that worse. You're only going to get further and further along that line. <laughs> and, and I just, and I just want to, just to tap back into it, I think with, with burnout, it's also, and going back to the conditioning of it, it's, you know, it's what it's sort of like what we've been taught, and you know, it's the past trauma in our lives that mm. that manifests as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you and I have discussed this, like you know, the body remembers, the body yeah. remembers those feelings, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, everyone's experienced trauma in their lives. It's yes, every, every single person on this earth has. Yeah, has absolutely. Whether it. it's big T, little well, T, it doesn't matter. Trauma is part of life. You know, trauma is part of life. Anxiety is a byproduct of burnout. And it is the anxiety that exacerbates the trauma in our yes. body. It elicits and evokes those memories. Yeah. And, you know, probably trauma that um, we thought we dealt with, but it's just taking a backseat at the moment. Or trauma mm-hmm. that we haven't thought about, but it's still living within us. And mm-hmm. it just takes a really just micro moment or a micro conversation or a microsecond to disperse that and yes. make it come to surface again yeah and when it comes to surface thing is is that we are most often than not we're not actually able to even recognize it mm. we're just reacting yeah. um and it definitely happens you're right and it, and it happens it's it's all the points towards burnout are triggers you know we're just tr- constantly triggering our body and because we're not aware of it and we're not aware of what's occurring in our body, we dismiss all those signs and, um, well, I guess, indicators that these are the things we need to look to. Mm. And we just keep pushing past it and to a point where our body says, absolutely not, we're going no further. We have so much work to do, let's go back. And, you know, after it takes a long time to get to that. Burnout doesn't happen overnight. But I, I think a really important part um really important reason i really want to talk about burnout at the moment is because we're living in a pandemic right and we've just come out of lockdown in new south wales and we've been out for about a month and i have noticed personally for me being back to work essentially even though i'm self-employed work doesn't feel like work but i absolutely do work hours so i've found that the uh, increase of stimulation Mm -hmm. in terms of work and calls and emails and all the outside factors it's just, uh, it's definitely shaking my internal system up a little bit, reminding me of what it really truly works, uh, what it feels like to be back to work. You know, I'm not stuck in a lockdown. I'm not in fatigue and all those other things, but those things are still kind of swirling around. Like I still feel tired. I'm still finding that my capacity is not at the same rate as it was before because on a, on a lower level, our bodies are already experiencing a low level of constant stress in a pandemic, constant stress. Even though your life might be perfect, <laughs> you know, like I say that because I think I think we sometimes think we do have it perfect because there was definitely times where I thought my life was absolutely perfect and why would I be crying? Uh, and that's why I think it's so important to talk about right now because we are all coming out of this lockdown trying to figure out what this looks like you know, there's two sides to really important parts of this whole storyline that's occurring right now, yeah. which we, even if we were to put that aside, there's still so many impacts mm, to us that we, I hope that you're not ignoring, that we're all not ignoring, mm. but I know a lot of people will be ignoring these things. And I really want to highlight what it looks like 
so then you can identify it and they can people who are listening to this can actually know that it looks like this actually you know what i've been doing this a lot actually that makes a lot of sense my heart's been racing a lot yeah. i've been feeling like i'm a bit on edge like every time something's happening at work i'm like oh what's happening you know rather than just responding there's mm-hmm. a lot of reaction going on rather than response going on because our bodies are constantly in stress at the moment whether your life looks amazing or not yeah. because our bodies are responding to a state of stress that we don't have control of in our environment right which is absolutely necessary for the world right now i think us this whole shake-up is so good for us even though it's incredibly uncomfortable because like there's definitely going to be a huge paradigm shift this is definitely creating like a turnaround on how we currently live in the world and work in the world and our workplaces have to adjust to this and that's going to take some time because you have like literally we all have to do to feel to understand how what how and what doesn't work and how to change it and i think identifying that yes irritability is a big one feeling on edge all the time is a big one crying or just emotional outbursts in general and like not having the answers as to why fatigue is a really big one lack of sleep um poor nutrition based on not wanting to eat you know not having the the capacity to want to eat food you're just like you know i don't feel like that or forcing food because it just doesn't feel right but you know you have to do the thing right um and all of these compounding little factors yes turn it into burnout but the little signs are there and i think being aware of them is super important and as i said right now we're in a pandemic so we need to be talking about this there are people who are going back to work right mm-hmm. now who are like oh my God, I'm actually feeling really like shit. Uh, This is, I'm feeling actually pretty tired. My capacity to take on new information is a lot lower, but we don't want to tell our bosses, you know, because we're like, then they'll think we can't do our job and maybe we won't have our job. Maybe we'll lose our job. Mm. And that fear of all of those factors of not being viewed a certain way and not working and, you know, concern about income or potentially, oh, maybe this isn't working, maybe I should leave, but then where will I go? Currently, this is very uneasy situation in our economy uh and so people don't really know what that looks like right Mm. like then the fear of that then again exasperates that anxiety (laughs) such a a boiler (laughs) it is such a it is look it's such a a strange interesting time that we're living through at the moment yeah and i think i believe that lockdown has given some opportunities for people to reflect on yes is this just to have some points of reflection on is this the role from from a work standpoint is this the role that i really want is this the role that that i'm comfortable and okay going back to and generally i think the office role and i say that in inverted commas the office role that that's changing that's transforming there's a lot more flexibility and possibility at the moment for example in contrast to when i was working in in the office Mm -hmm. there's a lot more uh, flexibility and distance remote working and yeah. people are becoming accustomed to that to be like yes. oh I can be at home and I can look after my kids and I can look after my house and I can yeah. and I can do that so they've had a sort of had a taste of that and yeah. it puts them in a position of reflection yes. and um, questions they'd be like oh look I can have you know I can be in the office three days a week and then work from home one yes. day a week or something along those lines yeah so if, there, if there's something positive that came out of it it is those conversations and those self-reflections to say hey 
it it is possible yeah and, and, it's, and it can look different and, and, and again yeah it looks different for everyone and i'm saying it's a it's a, a cookie cutter type yeah uh, yeah type position or type vision or type conversation for everyone yeah with some roles it's just not possible you know absolutely like, of course it's going to be definitely some people in yeah. scenarios that they're like of okay course. this isn't going to work guys and, and you can't is, just you tell know, me to just leave my job talking, yeah of course and i mean we're we're talking high level and we're generalizing and we're mostly yes. focusing and, and magnetizing on you know the office role yes. which because that's where my experience comes from yeah, just to, really, too, yeah. to, to relate it back um, but obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of logistics company that obviously can't do that. So, yes. Um, but for the very small portion, um, I think those conversations and reflections uh, are were being had. Yeah, in, they're in, being had for they're, sure. They're being they're being had. Absolutely. And people are noticing. Like people are definitely. Um, I'm having lots of conversations with people who are noticing like that they feel different at the moment, mm. not just because of that low level. Uh, constant stress but also they're like actually working from home yeah it was great actually it worked yeah. really well it didn't work for everybody there's definitely yeah. some people I've spoken to that have you know expressed that it definitely didn't work for them working around people is what they want to be doing mm. um, and which is great but I think even still it still highlights some things that may not be working right mm. and like I said you might find these signs showing up and it's, it's a reminder again that your body holds all the knowledge that you think you don't know but you absolutely have the answers for because if it's responding to going back to work in this way Mm -hmm. that's not feeling good for you then it's telling you that this doesn't feel good for me even if it's not necessarily the role or the situation you're currently working in Mm -hmm. maybe it's the travel maybe it's the hours maybe it's the fact that you don't want to go into the office five days a week maybe you could adjust it mm-hmm. but I think it's important we have conversations about it so then people can actually express what they're feeling and stop dismissing it it's because the dismissal and the constant dismissal mm-hmm. of that that turns to a point of burnout and you get to that point where you erupt because you're like holy shit this is really uncomfortable and I think we get caught up in growth in a money sense yeah. we think that you know to be successful you need to be getting more money not necessarily than other people, but than you've had before and constantly driving up that ladder, right? And like it's been, I mean, look, even speaking from experience and there's has been numerous research papers done on this. Money is only short term validation. Absolutely. Mo- compensation in general is only short term validation. Yeah. You give someone a pay rise, they're going to be happy for two, three weeks max, and yeah. then they normalize it. It yes. becomes part of the norm. That's right. It becomes part of, oh, I have extra money now. I'm going to use it on X, Y, and Z. What's next? Yeah. So the counterindicator to that is putting people in places of value and putting people where they create value. They yes. create value for themselves. And by creating value for themselves, a byproduct will be created, creating value for the company or the firm yes. or whatever you work for. Yeah. But when sometimes when you get to it, you recognize that it actually doesn't feel like you thought it was going to feel because it looks like that it's structured like that definitely looks like you envisioned it but it doesn't feel as good as you expected it to feel for example which and i think is the, the the disalignment that's where it feels it like you're not in such alignment. a disalignment and trust me i was getting paid really well in my last in my last corporate job and did that make me happy sure for maybe like a couple of weeks mm. maybe like oh you know um but did that align with what I wanted to do? Absolutely not. And how and long by, were you in and that And by role? no way am I dismissing that, you know, 
am I, by no way am I trying to belittle the fact that money is important. So please don't misunderstand that. Yes. Um, we're talking more from a value standpoint and from, yes. a, from a, um, from an output input. From an output input. Yes. So by no way am I like trying to be, oh, I was getting paid so much and I was unhappy. No, that's not the one I was trying to say. Because <laughs> it would be amazing to get paid that really would well. be amazing. <laughs> but that is, uh, that is not what I'm trying to say. It happened to me. Like I was sitting in a position where I yeah. was trajectory wise, like, you know, the projection in my business was going incredibly well. Um, I was booked out for nearly mm. two years in advance, yeah. if not more at some points of that. So I was very aware that I was doing well in mm. terms of the business was doing well. But I also wasn't feeling well. Mm. I was absolutely not feeling well. And I just kept having to push through it because I'd already made these. I've already set up this busy life. Like mm. it was already busy. I didn't have a choice anymore. I couldn't just exit. It wasn't like this isn't working. Sorry, guys. See you later. I still had to live through it. And then the, it was the living through it that um, in the end I couldn't live through it. And I literally, the, the reason I even had an opportunity to change that is because of the pandemic in the first place. When lockdown occurred, I was forced to face the things that weren't working. And I had to look at whether coming out of lockdown, whether it was what I wanted to do or how things had to change in order for it to work because it wasn't working. Um, and you know I there was about a year before that I really just wanted to get out of the business and I was like okay how do I do that I got to look to sell it and I just you know all of that even that thought of all of that was really overwhelming but at the time felt right I was like when that thought came to me and I thought maybe I should sell Mm -hmm. I you know I know I envisioned that I'd be doing this a long time but now that I'm really here it's really I'm quite uncomfortable and it's not because of the business it's because it's not aligned for me anymore I've I've changed I've grown my my family has changed and I need to start to make changes um and so I sat down to really think about what that looks like and I recognized that it wasn't the way it currently was working and I had to make major changes but to make those changes you really have to go through it. You have to oh, go through so the acceptance, good. the acknowledgement, the understanding of everything that's going on for you and what isn't currently working, and then figure out what could work, which you still, you, you don't know if it's gonna work, right? Yeah. It's a constant state of trusting that your decisions that you're making are correct for you. Um, and I think when you get to that place, which I was there, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh my God, things have got to change at the time too the fires had blazed through New South Wales so Mm. on an emotional level I was already quite traumatized um, because it had impacted every part of my work and I didn't know how to deal with that and I thought if if we're currently in a pandemic what if I have an opportunity to change the way I do things because the environment is telling us this literally mother earth is telling us that this is not working Mm. so how can I ensure that I'm working with earth as opposed to working against it mind you not even aware that it wasn't working essentially like because again with i was so focused on money and look money doesn't necessarily drive me as as a success factor but at the time it did it indicated that the business was doing well just the indicator that whatever you're putting out is working and i never until up until the pandemic i never really looked at it as not working and it was a great opportunity for me but coming out i was able to create a different system that worked and to be honest, I've been trialing that for a little while. So that's obviously something mm-hmm. I'm still working through, but it doesn't happen overnight. I think that it's important that we notice these parts of our worlds and we can adjust things so then they do work. But know that that, that period where you're looking at what's not working and what is working mm-hmm. and how to change it is very uncomfortable. And I think sometimes there's an even 
a battle with ego that you're like, oh, so then if I don't do this and I go and do this other job, I'll be earning 50% yeah, less, for example. How will I live? Because you get so used to that income. Absolutely. And a great example is when that defining moment was when I decided to leave, to leave that role. Um, I was presented with an opportunity that showed me a different lifestyle that I can yeah. work and lead a different lifestyle. And sure, my remuneration went down by tenfold. Yes. But you know what? And I say this genuinely from the bottom of my heart. I was so much happier. Being able to to not be under that constant stress. And you know what? It's, it's ironic because you think that, you know, if, oh, if I make more money or if I'm more successful, I'm going to be more happier. Yes. It's like, you know what? No, it, it's not. It doesn't yeah. work like that. It has been the most incredible experience and mm-hmm. I have met the most incredible people and yes honestly, and you're one of them Danny yes um, I mean I guess we both <laughs> we both did YTT yoga teacher training was and I it's funny because um yeah I never anticipated to do yoga teacher training yeah. never in my honestly it never once crossed my mind so when it was offered to me as like you know just a passing comment it like stopped me in my tracks because I was like oh my god something could be it could be different Mm. actually and i think when you do get to that you're like yeah it's almost like a relief in your body it's like a big sigh of relief like oh okay there's another thing that you know i can focus my time and energy on that's not causing me stress this part-time opportunity that that i've sort of that i've um, that i've been working on for the past couple of years um it has given a different um, opportunity and it led to to a different lifestyle one one that I wasn't that I would have only imagined I mean here we are sitting on a Thursday at lunchtime you know recording a podcast and yes that was like five years ago that to me was unaccessible because I was in that sort of nine in, to five nine to Friday. five um, and that's all I knew at the time yes but now it's like when you open a window you know you can't close it yes you can't unsee <laughs> you, can't, you cannot once you, you can't see unsee. there's another way and it also provided me the space to start questioning that stress and burnout and anxiety and start questioning why did those things happen and by no means am i saying that it's an easy journey or it's an easy experience no. my god it's like i can honestly say hand on my heart that since for the past the last three years has probably been the most challenging years of the, of my 35 year existence yes um it has caused me pain and grief and heartache and cries and but my god it's been so rewarding at the same time yeah In- i think letting go actually is the the hardest part um when you make change in your world big or small i think there's the grief we don't talk about grief a lot. Grief shows up actually more than just when someone passes. And we focus a lot of grief just being that. But really grief is in lots of areas of our lives. When we're letting go of something, grief has to come. Yeah. We have to process that. We need to process that what was and what will become. Mm. But in the meantime, there's this, this, this element of life and space and time yeah. that requires you to be there, be with it, understand what's happening and allow it to let go and literally let it go because if you're carrying that in your mind and you're continuously taking that with you there's actually no surrender at all there's no letting go of anything you're actually just in it still dragging that energy with you into the new world that you're trying to create for yourself yeah and 
it's it allowed um, this this different lifestyle and this different approach. It allowed that space to have that conversation and to have those yes. chats and to um, and to just reflect and yes. to just have a moment and be like, what are I, I don't know? Maybe maybe it comes with age. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> no. I think everybody <laughs> has a part of their journey and they get to it at some stage. And, you know what I thought was valuable and important five six years ago. I don't align with that anymore. Yeah. I don't. And I hear that very, very deeply. It's like, I genuinely don't. And there's, I hold, there's things that I hold very, very deep and valuable to my, to my heart. And, um, you know, there's nothing, you think that once you leave this, this, this nine to five role or this nine to five existence, you, you think that life is going to be different. Life is different, but for the better. Yeah. So much for the better. And, Look, to, to be honest, there are not many things that I need in my life. Like I have, I live a pretty good life yeah. because I'm at that point now, because yes. of all those heartbreaks and experiences and burnout and anxiety and those 15 years that I've put in for the, yes. <laughs> you know, because yes. um, those 15 years are never going, going to go to waste. They no. are part of me. They're part of my experience. They're part of my body. They're part of my muscle. Well, it's the roadmap, isn't it? It's the... It's the map and I always call I feel like when we refer to journeys as a roadmap that yeah. there was a start and there's a current and there's an end you yeah. know it's absolutely ever-changing mm. and I think it does it stays with us when we let something go it's there's definitely a grief associated with it but it's still part of your story mm. and at the end of the day that part of your story created this part of your story of and this part of your story will create the next version yeah. of your story and you know it's ever changing but i think as young people especially we get stuck in a mindset that this is how it has to look mm. and that tunnel vision doesn't help the tunnel vision ends up just causing more other like other impacting factors oh. that we end up ignoring but it's super important that we don't ignore them and then at the same time we honor the parts of ourselves and where we were before and acknowledge and accept that we were once there and whether that fits and aligns with us now it doesn't matter it It still was who you were it's still who you were and you know what it was exactly what i wanted to do at the time and it was exactly where i was meant to be at the time that's right because if i if i didn't if i wasn't there then i wouldn't be able to be here yeah and And like real quickly i'll tell you where mahela is basically now when we talk about here her and I, I guess, essentially on a very similar journey because we did yoga teacher training together. And so the next version of our story is essentially being teachers and what that looks like. We don't know, but it sure as hell is different to what we've experienced before. So yeah, to, to, to Mahela's credit, she's now, you know, a qualified yoga teacher who has done more than one course already when I've only done one um, and is teaching even though she's not wildly talking about it, but she is and she's already doing... The, she's already on the path that she's envisioned for herself and I, I guess essentially this is where you are right this is the journey that this is this is the next phase of your journey this is what I talk about like I'm talking about when I say journey is ever changing because now this is the next path essentially and I think that this is a, a definitely the perfect role for you when we talk about it as a role I don't think teaching is a role though teaching is a way of life it's a way of life absolutely a way of life but it's something that we identify ourselves as and I think that uh yeah you've gone from being the student and we are always a student as yoga teachers we know that but I guess when you go from being a student of life to a teacher of life 
even if that looks like and and you know i think when we talk about being teachers of life and whatever we have to, we pedestal it we make it look like it's this big thing being a teacher is simply just sharing stories it's simply saying you know when i was in this moment in my life it wasn't working or it was working or whatever it looked like and people can learn from that it doesn't have to be a course it doesn't have to be module one two three and four it absolutely does not need to be structured and designed but people can learn from us absolutely. people can learn from anybody at any point in time but Mahela now is like stepping into a role of being a teacher and i think that being a teacher is an incredible opportunity but also the most humbling experience so far that i have experienced anyway i know Mahela feels the same it's just like this you can't you can't hold it you can't do anything with it it's not this thing that you put on a piece of paper it's very weird to write it on a resume or a linkedin or, yeah. or a bio it's very strange and it's, it's a, something you have to try and it's like a, it's such a visceral experience yeah. it's, it's such a it's such a you have to live through it you have yeah. to put your mind body into it and yeah to quote our teacher Edith, and yes. she said this and i will never forget when she said it at the end of our when we had our um, our last zoom session she said, what a metamorphosis everyone has gone through. That's so weird that you say <laughs> metamorphosis because this morning I was like, what is a metamorphosis? <laughs> Have I done? Is that happened? And I think it's, it's, it's why you and I connect so well. Yes. Because we have gone through that metamorphosis. I mean, we've all gone through it. But yes. you and I just connect so well on that. And yes. We have gone. And you know we went from from you know that first class that yeah. like everyone was so nervous and now here we are just openly comfortably and just like just letting our souls out yeah <laughs> i agree it's like it's it, and look it, this is not to say you have to be a yoga teacher guys no 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 this is not please don't no no this but is. <laughs> it certainly helps you understand that like I know for me that I, you know, was in a place where, you know, our mind tells us life looks a certain way, but I realized our life feels, feels oh. like oh, it doesn't you're just, you're, look like You're something. talking to my soul right Because <laughs> <laughs> we do, we, we analyze it, we structure it, we create a, a mind structure to what life should look like. It's a, it's a, it's a journey based on what it looks like on a piece of paper. Yeah. It's not a piece of paper. It's not, it's not your LinkedIn <laughs> bio. No, it is a lived experience. It is absolutely in every part of your being. You have to feel it and live it for it to be different and for you to understand it as a journey. Because I think the only reason we refer to it as a journey <laughs> is because it actually is. We're actually physically, emotionally in it absolutely every part of us is here in this moment for ourselves and that's what yoga teacher training obviously taught us but it wasn't just that that was just almost like a validation as to what we already experienced that you're not taught because if you're taught this in school you'll go okay cool so it has to feel like i have to feel right like i have Mm. to feel like it it sits with all parts of me okay that makes sense instead of going and doing all these things that look a certain way because you know society and colonialism created these structures for us to work within but then we realize it doesn't bloody work so i mean how do we find a way through that generally it's really hard journey so if you're on that journey we are here with you (laughs) and if and i think and i think the ytt especially for me came at just the most perfect time like i cannot like i don't i think the experience would have been so much different if I did YTT like six years ago. Not that I was even thinking of doing YTT. Well, it was never for you six years ago, (laughs) you know? But 
now, you know, when I'm in my 30s, when I've experienced things and I've gone through shit and heartache, yes. that's when, it, you know, you're able to become that teacher that yeah. you'll be able... And as you said, being a teacher is not, it's not, a, it's not a certificate. It's, not, yes. it's just being able to, to openly talk about the heartbreak and the difficulty that you've had in life. Yeah, and, I, and we, teacher role comes in so many different facets of our lives. Like, I believe now for the first time in my life that I'm a teacher to my children and never yeah. really looked at it like that. It's, yes, absolutely, the teachers are teaching our children at school and obviously universities and all those mm. actual, you know, paid roles as a teacher, but taking away from being a paid role we're all teachers we're all teaching that the the others around us who want to know our story about how to live in a certain way and i think that it's super important that we share like i've said many times before because without the sharing we don't know what it looks like right we just sit in this whole tunnel vision of what our own world looks Absolutely. like but there are billions of people on the earth and we're all <laughs> living all different types of ways and the more that we learn about the way others are living and creating their own worlds helps us understand that there's more than what we currently have lived or can live because there literally is so many different ways to live in the world. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, that was an amazing <laughs> chat, um, as always with Mahila. Um, and I'm really glad that you guys got to understand and hear her story because I think her story is pretty common and I'm sure that there is a few people in uh, having listening to this right now that are aware that Life is a little bit funny right now. It's a little bit strange. It's, it's all little. It's there's a lot of changes going on, um, and I think with change we need to learn to adapt to that. Not just adapt to it, also just let go of the control, um, and find a way through it without putting your body through so much stress and anxiety mm -hmm. that it just doesn't work out in the long run. So just be super aware that this story is for you to take what parts of it that you want. And Mahela and I are sharing this based on the fact that we both experienced this. And I know that we are not the only ones out there that are experiencing it. And I know there are a lot of people right now who are also currently experiencing that. So if you identify that, I highly recommend that you start to have conversations with either those around you or us or anybody that you feel would be an open passage for you to have that conversation because it's incredibly important. It's part of the process. Um, but know that where you are, there is another side. There absolutely, and I mean, we are living, <laughs> living examples of things change and things evolve and things get better. So you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay stuck. Stuckness does not need no, to stay. Absolutely. So we absolutely. need to unstuck ourselves. And I, I highly recommend that you start to just pay attention to these things. Write them down if you have to. Talk with somebody with them. And just start to identify where it is not working and what it looks like if it was working for you. And just just feel this one out because it is absolutely <laughs> a visceral experience and you do need to experience just live it yeah so stop looking to the books and stop looking to you know tv stop looking to the things that make it look like instagram worthy because yeah. you know it's messy it's absolutely messy and just be in the mess and accept and acknowledge that that's where you need to be right now it is absolutely the mess it is only from the mess that you get to flourish absolutely absolutely <laughs> all right until next time i hope this served you well namaste namaste <laughs>